Wonderful. Thank you so much, Miss McCoy, and thank God for his mercy. And uh, that was beautifully done. And I appreciate Miss McCoy. She's such a blessing over in the school office and uh, always has a wonderful spirit. And I thank God for her and uh, her blessing over in the school. So anyways, um, I, I obviously got to enjoy my wife and I got to enjoy and, the, and my two boys got to enjoy a trip to go to Israel. And uh, so I've got some pictures. And uh, Brother Baker, as I was walking in, he told me that the cowgirls play tonight. And I think they started just about 10 minutes ago. And so the Cowboys are playing tonight. And so he, he was trying to pay me off to, you know, wrap it up quick. But anyways, I'm going to go as quickly as quickly as I can. Probably about half of my time is going to be done in these pictures. The other half will spend time uh, looking at a passage of, of Scripture. Uh, but I'm going to see if this works. I turned it on. And let's see here. What do I have to push? Let's try this. And uh, I don't know. They might have to click through them for me. And uh, Brother Jones. Oh, there we go. We got that. Did I do that or did you all do that? Oh, you all did that. All right. So I'm just going to leave it up to you all. When I say click, we'll just click. All right. And uh, so my wife and I, uh, obviously, we got to go to Texas for a few days right around Christmas. The day after Christmas, we got up and made it to the airport and then flew over to uh, to Israel. And uh, we spent one day just kind of getting uh, uh, used to being over there and uh, uh, the, with the jet lag and all that. And then the second day, we met up with the rest of our group. And uh, the first place we stopped at uh, was this place called Caesarea. And uh, it's obviously uh, mentioned all throughout the, the New Testament and a lot of different things took place here. Uh, this was one of uh, a place that was built by uh, Herod the Great. Okay, And so you can go ahead and click to the next picture. And uh, these are different remains and things that are left behind for us to see. Uh, this was built, uh, they say, between 25 and 13 B.C. And, uh, and we know about Herod, right? The Bible records, records about Herod and uh, around the time of Christ. And if you remember, Herod was the one that uh, killed babies, right? Remember Jesus, the, uh, the angel appeared to Joseph and told him he had to leave because of the fact that they were going to kill the babies and so forth. But uh, anyways, this was a, spar- a spot along the Mediterranean Sea. And I told Brother uh, Gillen that if I mess up, he just has to keep his mouth shut on this, uh, you know. And uh, so I've only been there once. So I'm just going off of memory. And uh, so I'm sure I'll say something not quite right tonight. And so I apologize if I do that. But along the Mediterranean Sea, you can see the sea in the back. Go ahead and click to the next one. And uh, there I am. And does anyone know where I'm sitting? Anyone? Can you make out what that is? That is actually a public restroom. Okay, that would have been a public toilet area. And uh, and I'm sorry. And uh, so you see the big stones and there was a little canal that would run through there. And I thought it was quite unique. I had to get my picture there. And uh, so click. Let's move on to the next one. And uh, here you see, this is obviously you see the Mediterranean Sea, and you kind of see a rectangle uh, out there in the middle, and obviously it's covered with rocks and different things, but that was a swimming pool. I mean, a, a massive, I mean, it, I don't have the dimensions of it, uh, but a large, large swimming pool. And then you can see the different tiles, a mosaic. Uh, tiles and flooring that would have surrounded the pool. Uh, very, very beautiful. And, and I, I could only imagine what it looked like 2,000 years ago. Click to the next one. Uh, there's a picture of the floors as well. Click to the next. And uh, after that, we got to travel up to Mount Carmel. And Brother Gillen was asking me if I got to go there, and we did. We got to go up there. That's a, a picture, or a, a statue, rather, of Elijah. And we remember what happened there on Mount Carmel, and obviously the, the calling down from a fire from heaven, and the miracle that took place there, and the slaying of the prophets, and all that took place. An ama- amazing spot. 
we got to actually attend a church while we were up there. It was uh, a, uh, a, 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 a messianic uh, church, and it was actually a, a rehab for men that were uh, in, uh, you know, obviously drug and alcohol abuse. And I got to hear many testimonies of how God saved, changed their lives, and I had a wonderful time there. Go ahead to the next one. And while you're up there, you have an overlook that's probably one of the best overlooks in the whole area. And I got to see so many things, and, and our guide was so good, and he pointed out different things. You know, this battle took place here, and this city would have been here, and this was over here, and there's no way I could recall all of it. Uh, but one thing that they do believe, and our guide believed, was this is a, a valley in which uh, was, uh, will be, or the, the Valley of Armageddon. And we understand what takes pl- place there at the end of times, and uh, that, that being the valley, a very large valley behind me. And uh, so that was that picture there. Let's move on to the next. And uh, there's our guide, Yoyakim, and uh, he's, a, he's a believer, and uh, a believer in Jesus Christ. He started a couple of churches while he's been there, and uh, um, just a wonderful story. And he's reaching people that are really the lowest of the low, and uh, the, the Bedouins, if I'm saying it correctly, uh, people over there that live out in the middle of nowhere and just truly live in little huts and little shacks and, and yeah, even tents. And uh, we, while we were there, we got to go to his uh, church and, and uh, a warehouse that they have where they package goods and clothing and, and food. And, and he takes it out as, as I think like once a month, they get to go out and go and, and distribute those items to people in need. And a, a wonderful man we got to meet and a lifelong friendship that was made with this man and a very humble man and a, a man that God is using in a special way. About what, what, uh, the place where we're standing there is a place that is referenced in Luke 4, verse 29. And the Bible says, says, and they rose up and they thrust him out of the city, talking about Jesus, and they led him to the brow of a hill whereon uh, the city was built and that they might cast him down headlong. And this is a place where the Pharisees and the scribes took Jesus and they were ready to throw him off the cliff and, and to kill him. But we know it was not his time to do that yet. And, uh, and so that's where we were standing right there. Click to the next one. And I gotta go quick because I've got a lot of pictures. This is a, a little uh, um, um, village that was the vill- village of Nazareth that was uh, uh, replicated to look like what it would have been like in the Bible times. And uh, so you see the big, the big buildings in the background of the modern day. Uh, but this was a little uh, 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 acreage there that was uh, d- designed and for for tourists and people to travel and to be able to see. Uh, what different things would have been like when Jesus was on the earth. Go ahead and click to the next one. Uh, you'll see us, our group there, we're in a bunch of olive trees. All those little trees you see are olive trees. And uh, there was olives all over the ground and all in the trees. Skip to the next one. And uh, you see here, this is a lady. And this was actually the last day she was working there. She was retiring after this day. Uh, but she was taking wool. And she was taking it and spinning it and making yarn. And, uh, and she would make different items and clothing out of that. And that was neat getting to see that. Go ahead and skip to the next one. And uh, there's a man, a potter, and uh, making different bowls and stuff like that. And obviously we understand the, uh, the representation of God being the potter, right? And us being the clay in his hands and, and him uh, uh, molding us into what he wants us to be. Skip to the next one. Uh, we went inside this press and this, and this uh, place here where they would press the olives. And uh, the way it was taught to us and, and, and what, what we learned there uh, was there was three different presses of the olives. The first one being the purest, the virgin olive. Uh, like maybe you go to a grocery store and you would uh, find the virgin olive oil. And that was always reserved for God. That was the purest oil. And then there was a second press. And that second press was used, used uh, for food and, and for baking and, and meals like that. And then the last would be 
used for their burning and for lighting and so forth. Uh, but a very, uh, and, the, and the tour guide was, he, he kind of symbolized it towards what Christ went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the three times of being pressed and that last pressing, the, 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 the hardest of uh, uh, yet even sweating great drops of, of blood and being surrounded, yea, with olive trees around him and stuff like that. And another just symbol that you could just symbolize there with that. Go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, we, after that, we got to eat there. And, and I will say the food was, was unique. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't McDonald's, you know, it wasn't Outback and all that stuff, right? Uh, but there was a lot of bread and a lot of hummus. And a lot of healthy stuff. And, uh, and so we, we enjoyed a meal there. Or some of us did. And uh, some of them did. And uh, go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, then we went to the city of Capernaum. And obviously Capernaum's all throughout the New Testament and different things Jesus did. And Capernaum's a place where Jesus preached in a synagogue, right? He went there and he would preach and teach. Go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, we've got uh, different remains, different things that was, that was found and, and unearthed and so forth. And different parts that would have been a part maybe perhaps of synagogues, different buildings there in the, in the town. Go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, there's a remnants and, and leftovers of a synagogue. And at some point, uh, I don't believe this was dated back to the time of Christ, but, uh, but was uh, there at that place and, uh, and got to see it. Very, very old building there. Skip to the next one. And while we were there, this, this, uh, we're right along the Sea of Galilee, right? Capernaum's along the Sea of Galilee. And a lot of Jesus' ministry and what he did and the miracles and, and so on uh, took place along the Sea of Galilee. And the, the things you see behind me, kind of the different uh, layouts of different things, these are uh, believed to have been uh, homes of fishermen. This is right along the sea. And uh, the big building you kind of see in the background is actually a Catholic church. And a lot of these places that are preserved for us today are, are owned by Catholic organization, the Catholic Church. And uh, I know it's not the, the you know, what, maybe what we would prefer, uh, but thank God that they did secure places and, and, and save places for us to be able to go and see. And uh, we thank God for that. Uh, but that Catholic Church is actually designed in, shape, uh, in the shape of an octagon. And uh, underneath of that, there was a, a building they found that was likewise shaped in an octagon. And uh, the shape of an octagon represented something special going on on the inside or something that was a holy place and so forth. And they believe, and you know, obviously I can't prove it to you, but they believe it perhaps could have been the house of Peter. And obviously the Catholic Church and, and the significance of Peter to them and so forth. And they built that church on top of that. Skip to the next one, if you don't mind. And that's the building underneath that they found. And centuries after, you know, after the time of Christ, they discovered this place and, uh, and, and the significance of that, what they believe. Right along the, the, the sea, the Sea of Galilee, right, where Peter would have been working, where, the, where many of the disciples were fishermen. We understand that. And right along that sea. Go ahead, skip to the next one. Um, while we were there, there I am, right? The Sea of Galilee behind me. And I'm actually walking on the water, but you just can't see my feet. And, uh, but anyways, uh, got to get my picture there. Skip to the next one. And we, that next morning we got up, we got on a boat and we got to ride out and, and just beautiful time. We were singing songs. We got to share scripture together and they raised the American flag for us. We had the national anthem and I had a great time. Skip to the next one and the next one. Go ahead. Just a few of us on the boat. The next one. Go ahead. And after that, we got off and we got to sit on a spot where they believe perhaps it was a spot where Jesus would preach and, and yea, even gave the, the Sermon on the Mount. And we had some rocks there we got to sit, uh, sit on and uh, our guide got to open up the scripture and uh, we read the Sermon on the Mount and had just a beautiful time. And, and I've had people ask me what was my favorite part of the trip, which it's too hard to you know, say one thing. 
You know, all of it was unique and all of it was fun and, and, and so powerful. But I enjoyed this day. This, the, the weather this day was so beautiful. The breeze coming off the, the Sea of Galilee and us sitting there and you just kind of visualizing everything that's happening in front of you and what would have happened. And uh, it was just a powerful day. And, and if I had to pick one of my favorite scenes or settings, it was probably right in here. It was just a beautiful day. Uh, the, the, like I said, the weather was beautiful. And, and just to hear the story being read and here in just a few minutes, my passages actually going to be uh, from the passage of the Beatitudes and from the Sermon on the Mount. And we'll go there in a few minutes. Uh, but go ahead, skip to the next one. And there's my lunch. We had to have some fish, right? Along the sea. So we had some lunch. Go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, this was a, uh, some, some steps. You kind of see the steps there. And they believe it was, a, 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 what it, what it was definitely dates back to the time of Christ. And it was a, a, perhaps a dock or a, a loading of a place right along the sea. And uh, perhaps Jesus and the disciples very well could have used these at one point. And uh, so they've got it sectioned off there in a, in a holy place. The sign says this is a holy place, holy ground. So anyways, not about the ground, right? We know that. But anyways, skip to the next one. After that, we went to the place of Tel, uh, of, uh, Tel, uh, Tel Dan. And uh, this actually state, uh, dates back and this area uh, can be tracked back to the Old Testament. We know the tribe of Dan and different people that would settle this part, uh, even the tribe of the north and different things that took place. And there was so much. And I'm trying to take it all in in just a few minutes of us being there. Uh, but it was a, a city that was really built upon each other, uh, right on top of each other. And obviously these, the structures of back those days, a lot of rock and stuff, and a city would get destroyed and they would just rebuild, right? And uh, so, so much uh, that would have been, that would be underneath of this, just city being built on top of each other. And, but there are remains that we have and you can go and see. And uh, so go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, this would be a gate, an entrance into the city. This is a, a, a walled city that you would come into and uh, uh, just picture Old Testament, picture Old Testament times. Uh, coming into a city, you have uh, gatekeepers, right? You have the people that are outside of the gate. You have uh, so much that takes place inside the gate. So go ahead, skip to the next one. And uh, there's an altar that was there in a place. Obviously, they would make sacrifices, stuff like that. Skip to the next one. And uh, there's my, my sister-in-law, Lauren. And she, she is sitting on a, on, a, on a throne or what would have been a judgment seat. And a place where the king would have sat. And uh, I got my picture there too, but hers was cuter, so we, we, I used her for the picture. Uh, but uh, anyways, right inside the, the, right inside the, 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 the walls, you came into this. This was a place where people would come before the king, uh, maybe plead their case or ask for things, and so on and so forth. Skip to the next one. And after that, we went to a place that I was very, I would say, excited about going uh, but when Heidi and I got there, it was definitely an eerie feeling. It was just one of those places that you, knowing what occurred here, you realize that it was such a, a, a evil place, a place that, uh, uh, and, and I've, it was, it was kind of neat because I remember about a month before we went there, Pastor John preached a message, I believe on a Sunday night, about the church. And if you remember, he preached about the, the day that uh, uh, Jesus took his disciples and he led them away and, and they went to a place and he told Peter, who do men say that I am? And I remember he says, some say John the Baptist or Isaiah or, or different guys. And, and he says, uh, but who do you say? And he says, thou art Christ, right? And he tells Peter, he says, this, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against me or against it. And uh, this is a place that was, uh, that is called uh, Caesarea Philippi. And uh, you can see the picture. I know it's kind of hard to see, but you see a diagram of what it would have looked like. Pastor John had pictures as well that night that we went through and we got to see what those temples, those temples to false gods. 
These were temples uh, to, to the god Zeus, the Greek god Zeus, the Greek god uh, Pan. And uh, there was a lot of evil things uh, that would have taken place here. The, uh, the half goat, the half man, d- different things that uh, the, the Greek uh, culture and stuff that would have been back in those days. And this was a place, skip to the next picture. I believe my next picture is a place that where water would have once ran. This was a spring and a gushing water would have come out. And this was referred to as the gates to, of hell. This was a place referred to as the gate of, gates of hell. And uh, Pastor John even referenced perhaps this was a place where they, uh, people would even make ba- uh, baby sacrifices and throw their babies into the water. And uh, just a very evil place. And us being there, you know, it, ju- it was just an eerie feeling of just knowing what, what took place here. But, but, but I got excited to know that the fact that Jesus says, hey, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. And the fact that there's nothing there except a few remains of a few rocks. And uh, there's no uh, worship to God Zeus or God Pan or anything like that. But the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. And uh, go ahead, skip to the next one. I think you'll see a pillar, a few things that were left from the temples there. Skip to the next one, please. And uh, once again, just some leftovers there. All right. And then we went to the Jordan River. And uh, you'll see my father-in-law is the gentleman to the far right. And uh, the guy that headed up our group, his name was Chuck, and he's on the far left. And uh, the people in the middle were some friends of my father-in-law, and they were both uh, uh, from South Africa. They do live here in the States now, uh, but they had uh, trusted Christ and had not been baptized. And uh, that, that day we got to uh, see them get baptized with a few others. And uh, it was cold that day. That water was chilly. And uh, some, some people went in just for the fun of it, you know, and, and, uh, but I did not go in. And, uh, but anyway, skip to the next one. And after that, we got to finally make it to Jerusalem, right? You think of Israel, you think of Jerusalem. And it took us like four or five days before we finally made it to Jerusalem. Uh, You see in the back, uh, you'll see the the rock of the dome there behind me. And you'll see the uh, walls of the old city. And uh, where we're standing is actually over on the Mount of Olives looking over. And uh, there behind us, right behind us, you'll see rocks and different things. And that that is... uh, that are tomb, that is tombs of, uh, of, uh, of Jews and, and Israeli tombs, cemetery. And then uh, you'll see the eastern wall back there behind me. And along it are tombs of a Muslim. It's a Muslim cemetery there. And, uh, and let's go ahead and skip to the next one. Uh, we've got, we're sitting, we're there at the, uh, the Mount of Olives. And uh, obviously Jesus ascended on the mount, right? And he went into heaven. And they told him, hey, in like manner, he shall return, right? And uh, sitting there, I'm just picturing Jesus coming back. And right there to the east. And uh, uh, of the city of Jerusalem, and it was just a powerful place to be. Skip to the next one, and uh, there's Tucker, and we got to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and that was a sobering spot to be as well. Uh, you know, going there where Jesus sweated great drops of blood, right? This is the last place he went before, and this is where he was arrested, right? This is the place where he was, uh, Judas betrayed him. This is a place that uh, uh, so much took place there, and uh, you see the olive trees, and there's some of the trees. Go ahead, skip to the next one. I think I have one. No, I don't. I had one picture of a tree that they say was over a thousand years old, an old, very old olive tree. Uh, but actually, uh, we, we got finished with that. We went across the valley over to the old city of Jerusalem and made it up to the walls, and if I'm not mistaken, Rusty probably correct me if I am, uh, but the bottom section there, that big rock behind me, uh, is an original. And uh, the ones above it, the smaller rocks have been, obviously they, they, they added on to make sure, obviously there was a destruction of the, of the city and the temple and all that stuff and, and uh, decay and all that stuff. But they tell us the ones along where I'm standing, the bigger ones, right, that are over 2,000 years old and how they put them on there and how they built a temple like that or a, uh, the walls like that are, is, is quite uh, unbelievable. But there we are and uh, the big boulders behind us. Skip to the next one. 
And we actually came into the south, the south side, the south entrance of the city. And it would have been what they say perhaps was one of the busiest places where Jesus would have come into and so on and so forth. That's where we were standing. Uh, after that, we got to go in. There's tunnels underneath the walls and of the city. And uh, they were some tight tunnels. We got the guide. Our guide told us, hey, if you're afraid of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, if claustrophobic or anything like that, you don't want to go because it is very narrow in places. Skip to the next one. And uh, here we are looking at the Western Wall and the Wailing Wall and where the Jews and the Orthodox Jews and so forth, they go there and they, they pray. And let's get to the next one. And we got to go into the, there was a men's side and a lady's side. We went to the, in, into the inner side of the, uh, of, uh, of the men's side. I got to go in there and this was where the, the, the very serious Orthodox Jews were in there and doing their thing and praying and reading their scriptures. Skip to the next one. And uh, there's Heidi and I. We got to go to the Knesset. And uh, this would be like the capital, right? The capital uh, of, uh, of Israel and uh, got to go there. And while we were over there, the, the, the government was formed. And with Benjamin Netanyahu and, and different things that takes place, it's a pretty unique and crazy system they've got going on. And uh, But we got to learn about that. I learned a lot that I did not know. Skip to the next one. And uh, once again, a picture of the inside there. Uh, skip to the next one. And after that, we got to go to the embassy. And I know it's hard to see, but it says that this is the embassy of the United States of America, Jerusalem, Israel. And it says Donald J. Trump president. And uh, and obviously, if you remember back in 2018, President Trump moved our embassy out of Tel Aviv to Israel and uh, and uh, making a statement there. And we got to take our picture in front of that. So skip to the next one and went to the garden tomb. And uh, this was a place, once again, that's, uh, that is owned and, uh, by, by the Catholic Church, uh, but very well kept. We got to go in there, skip to the next one. And uh, the first place we went to was over here uh, at Golgotha, the place of the skull. Right? We know what the Bible tells us, that they let him out of the city. They took him to this place uh, of called Golgotha and the place of the skull. I know it's hard to see, but over 2,000 years of erosion and different things. Uh, but you can still kind of see the two eyes in the, in the, in the middle there. Uh, there would have been a nose and uh, a place that looked like a skull. And uh, obviously this is where it's believed that Jesus was crucified. Skip to the next one. And uh, there's my picture in front of it. Skip to the next one. And uh, uh, here we are at the garden tomb. And uh, very close in proximity to the to Golgotha, a place that you would imagine, you know, this is where they would have led and, and taken his body and put it in here. And to skip to the next, and I think we'll be inside. There we are inside. And obviously tombs were hollowed out in such a way to put your family, right, to lay different family members and so forth. Skip to the next one. And uh, uh, there's a sign there along the back wall that's obviously been repainted and so forth. But I believe it was a couple centuries after Christ, they discovered this Greek symbol and this sign uh, uh, stating that this is the place where Jesus was laid. And they're just kind of reiterating and, and, and allowing us to believe that this was indeed the fact where he was laid. Skip to the next one. And uh, we got to go to the Temple Mount. And that was very neat. Got to go up there where the temple once stood. Obviously, this is a Muslim uh, a mosque there now. Uh, but one day we understand that the, the, the Jewish people will once again uh, uh, take over that place and, and a, a temple would be built and all that. Uh, but uh, anyways, and one day Jesus Christ will sit there. Amen. On the, the throne of David and all of that. What a wonderful day that will be. Uh, but they built this obviously an octagon shape. And uh, a building around what they believe would have been the place of the holies of holies. And uh, I've seen diagrams and they have a different thing, replicas and different things of what the size of the temple, the second temple. And it, uh, this building dwarfs in the size in comparison of what the temple would have been. It is a beautiful place and a very, very big that could be seen from miles and miles away. Let's get to the next one. 
And there's our group. I think there was 30-some of us in total that went. And uh, there's our group picture in front of that. Skip to the next. And uh, there we are at the, the pools of Bethesda. And uh, these things were probably, I, I, I'd imagine, 30, 40 foot deep uh, 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 and just uh, unbelievable. A, a pool being that large and different canals running through it. And obviously we know the miracle that took place there. Jesus comes by and finds, finds the man there that had been crippled and uh, was waiting for the angel to come in every year, right, to stir the waters. And Jesus healed him and made him whole that day. Let's go to the next one. And there's the pools again. Uh, without me in it, skip to the next one. And uh, here we got, this is not a picture I took. This is what I got offline. But this is uh, the place of uh, uh, a Masada. Okay, this is a, 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 once again a place that Herod the Great, a fortress that he built uh, for himself. And uh, out there in the wilderness, you can see around it just a wilderness. And uh, uh, had a whole fortress built on top of this rock. Skip to the next one. And uh, we actually got to go up there. You could walk, but I was like, there's no way I'm walking that far. Uh, but uh, we took a little train ride up or whatever. And uh, skip to the next one. And uh, there we are on top looking down. And skip to the next one. And uh, once again, very pretty uh, mosaic floors and stuff that was built. Uh, that would have been, yay, over 2,000 years ago. Skip to the next one. And uh, there's a place. This is believed to have been Herod's bathtub. And a place Herod the Great would have taken a bath. Skip to the next and uh, there we are looking down, and he had different uh, buildings and structures built down along this cliff. Skip to the next one, and uh, Heidi and I there with that picture. And if you know anything, I think there was a movie made at one point about Masada. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, but you had after, obviously, the, the, the per- during the persecution of the Jews and so forth, uh, there was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, near, just shy of a thousand uh, Jews that went here and they t- to hide and they, they dwelled up on top of here and uh, uh, the Romans and so forth were coming after them and they, they cut off all supply and they were left stranded up on top of this mountain and uh, they ended up uh, killing themselves and so that they would not have to be slaves to the Romans and uh, so uh, bloody you know uh, suicide type mission that was taking place up on top here uh, years later go ahead skip to the next one and I got to go to the Dead Sea, and there's Tucker on the, at the Dead Sea, and I've had all kind of people ask, why didn't you go out and go swimming on the Dead Sea? It was chilly that day. You see Tucker's in a sweater, and I didn't have anything to change into, and uh, so I did not go float the Dead Sea, but we did go to it. I did touch it, and uh, so anyways, got to go see that. Go to the next one. And uh, after that, we got to cross over into the country of Jordan, and uh, this is a place known as Petra. And uh, uh, this is a place that people lived, they say over 25,000 people, a whole village community of people that would live back in here and lived among the rocks. And a very unique place. Skip to the next one. And uh, as we're heading back, there's a large, obviously a very uh, uh, touristic place, a lot of people there. Go to the next one. And uh, there it is. There's the famous Petra. And uh, uh, once again, very, very old, thousands of years old. And uh, I think Indiana Jones, right? There's a scene of Indiana. I've never seen Indiana Jones, but they had Indiana Jones stuff all around here. And uh, there at the at Petra. Go ahead, skip to the next one. While we were there, we got to ride camels, right? And uh, there's my wife on top of a camel. And uh, we had a good time with that. Skip to the next one. And uh, there I am and Sterling on a camel. Skip to the next one. I think this is my favorite one. There's Heidi, right? Kissing the camel. And uh, so anyways, we had a really good time. I think that's the last picture thing. And uh, you would see where the temple once stood. 
And, but I had, you know, you have to realize it wasn't about that, right? It's not about, uh, 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 you know, it's not where we go to worship a wall or we worship a rock or something like that. And I think there's a reason why God had a lot of it destroyed, right? 2,000 years of erosion and everything that takes place, different countries destroying uh, parts of it and so forth. And uh, because I don't think he wanted us to ever go over there to worship a rock or worship a place because it's all about him. Amen. And uh, but to go over there and to see things that, hey, this is for real. This wasn't some fairy tale. Right. This was for real. These are things that are proven. Uh, and it just solidifies uh, our, our faith and what we believe. And so I encourage you one day to make a trip to Israel. It will certainly be life changing real quickly. And I won't be long. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter number five, Matthew, chapter number five. And uh, I know I've taken mo- most, already taken most of my time. Uh, but while we were there, you saw the picture while we, uh, along the Sea of Galilee, uh, where the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, was given. And uh, like I said, it was just a, a place where God spoke to me in a very unique way. Uh, because sometimes I think we get our eyes on so many other things. And, and uh, when we read it that day, we're sitting there and we read it. And it was like I heard it for the first time. I don't know if you ever had that happen while you're reading God's word and you've heard a story, you've heard something preached over and over and a very famous passage, right? I mean, this is a passage, one of the first message that was recorded of Christ and, and, uh, um, and we, and I've heard it hundreds of times, but to hear it being there, um, and as we read through it, it was so powerful. We see in Matthew chapter five and let's back up to chapter four. We see in verse 23, the Bible says, and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and amount and all manner of disease among the people. And we see that in verse 24, his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those people which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those which were, uh, I'm sorry, and those that had palsy and, and, and he healed them. Right. So we see that very quickly. Jesus is, is becoming, we might use the word famous, right? He, he's the healer. He's the, the miracle worker. And he's going all throughout Galilee and he's preaching everywhere he goes and he's teaching everywhere he goes. And, and he's healing people. People's lives are being changed uh, physically and, and yet, yet, yet even spiritually uh, because of this man, Jesus. And we see his fame was spreading and people were coming. We see in verse number 25, it talks about the great multitude of people followed him. And they went to Galilee to see him. And uh, uh, what a unique thing that was taking place. And then we see in verse chapter, chapter 5 and verse 1, we see Jesus uh, seeing the multitudes. He went to, to a mountain and he was set his disciples with them. And he opened his mouth and he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which uh, do uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I'm going to stop right there. We'll read the rest of it here in just a few moments. But I, I believe that, you know, when we're reading this and I, while I was sitting there, and, you know, uh, after being there in Israel for a few days, I, I, was, I was picturing uh, what was happening there on that on that hillside. I was picturing Pharisees and scribes and, and people that were religious, right? The religious people uh, that were uh, 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 just, I think, perhaps maybe at, at the sincerity of their heart, maybe trying to do what was right. Right. These Pharisees that, you know, they knew the law, they knew what they were supposed to do. And, and maybe out of, a, you know, this is what we were taught. They were trying and striving to, to be as righteous as possible. But they were just so focused on the outside. 
Right? We, we know that what the Pharisees, I, I even looked it up, a Pharisee was a sect among the Jews whose religion consisted of a strict observance of rites and ceremonies and of a tradition of the elders and whose uh, pretended holiness led them to separate themselves as a sect considering themselves more righteous than other Jews. Right? The Pharisees were people that thought that they were better than others. Right? I mean, we understand that these people, when, they, when Jesus shows up and he begins preaching and teaching in their synagogues, you know, that they, they just begin scratching their head and thinking, this is not what we've been taught. This is not what we, uh, this is not what we like to hear. And uh, begin, Jesus began questioning them and challenging them. And uh, we, we know what taken place, obviously, since Malachi to Matthew and, and the, the silent years and these Jews that are, are just looking and, and, and perhaps relying, uh, I think, begin relying on their works and relying on, on how good they were and uh, not realizing that there was a lot of people that they weren't loving and, not, and, 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 and a lot of things that they were sins that they were actually committing. And that's why Jesus showed up, right? Jesus shows up and he begins revealing unto them and telling them and showing them just how bad they really were. Right. He, 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 he's like, man, you all come in and, and we, we know he gets and farther along. You know, we know chapter five, six and seven is the message. And, and, and we see that he, he, he talks to them about uh, hating someone. Right. He says, well, you we know that to kill someone uh, is, is, is against the law. He says, but you 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 hate a brother. And I say it's just as wrong for you to hate somebody. And it's, it's the, the, to hate someone and to murder someone's equal in my law. Right. He says, hey, some of you uh, say thou shalt not commit adultery. And he says, but some of you looked at a woman and had lust in your heart. And he says, you've committed adultery already in your heart. Right. So Jesus begins picking out and pinpointing things uh, that they were they thought that they were so holy on. Right. And uh, we see, look at verse number 20 in the text. It says in verse 20, it says, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right. He tells them, hey, your righteousness is going to have to exceed that. What you think that they're holy, you think that they're righteous. He says, your righteousness, if you want to make it to the kingdom of heaven, he says, your righteousness is going to have to exceed that of the so-called religious people over here. Right. So I'm sitting, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. And then you realize Jesus, the message, the first recorded known message, and obviously he's been teaching and preaching in the synagogues, but this is the first passage that we have written that, that was recorded of Jesus sharing this message to these people. And we see here that he begins by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Right. He begins by saying, you know, these Pharisees that think that they're so rich and they're so blessed and that they're they have all these things. You know, and he says, uh, I, I'm talking to the one and, and the blessed is the man that realizes that they are nothing and they deserve nothing. Right they're, They have this brokenness. They have this poor spirit. They realize they're nothing and they realize that they didn't do anything uh, to keep themselves awake at night. They didn't do anything to take them uh, to put them where they're at today. And, and they realize that they wake up every day and it's another day to serve the Lord it's a day that I'm poor in spirit and it's only by his mercies that I can get up and I can live another day. And, and, and Jesus is trying to paint this picture and make these people realize that, that, that as a child of mine, I'm not looking for this, this whited sepulcher, right? We, we, we understand what Jesus talked about, that whited sepulcher, right? That was full of dead men's bones. Right. And, and, and sometimes we think that, uh, you know, as long as we got the outside right, but the heart can be so, so, so off. And, and we see here that Jesus is trying to the, get to get to the root of this. He says in, in verse four, we see here that he says, blessed are they that mourn. 
Right? For they shall uh, be comforted. Right? We see that in, in verse number four. And, and, you know, I don't think he's speaking, not speaking of uh, just crying over things or crying over your broken toe or something like that. Right? He's not talking about just crying for that. But I believe he's speaking about crying and mourning, realizing uh, and, and, and realizing your sinful condition. Right? And realizing uh, this is a morning of repentance. This is a morning of realizing that, that, that uh, I have hurt my Savior and, 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 and a confession of my sin. And realizing that I am nothing. That my, my righteousness is but filthy rags. Right? And that in me dwelleth no good thing. Right? Like Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. Right? And that's the type of spirit that he wanted out of his people. Right And out of Christians today, that's the type of spirit that Christ is looking for. Not someone that thinks they've got it all together. Not someone that's high and mighty and make me look good. But Jesus is looking for a spirit that is of a mourning and realizing that they are nothing. He then goes on to talk about the meek. Right? And I'm hurrying. I've got to hurry. But he says in verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Right? Then look at verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And it says that they, for they shall be filled. Right? Someone that is in need of something. Right? Uh, you think of a beggar. Right? You think of someone that is, that is hungry. You think of someone that is, has worked all day and outside and it's hot and it's humid and they're thirsty. The only one is a glass of water. And uh, we, we, they looked at the Pharisees and they had it all together. They didn't need anything. Right, we bless God. You know, if you committed a murder, we're gonna we're gonna an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Right? Uh, if you committed adultery, we're gonna stone you. Right? They brought the the lady before Jesus. Remember that? And he says, uh, the, the, the the one that without sin cast the first stone. Right? Jesus is trying to get to them to to understand that they are nothing. And this is the type of spirit that he requires and he expects out of us. One that is hungering and every day just looking and, and striving uh, to be closer. We sang the song, a nearer to my God to thee tonight. And I was thinking of the fact that we ought to draw nearer and it should be our desire every day to draw closer to him. And if we want to do that and we want to live that life, these are the things that we must do. He then goes on to say, blessed are the merciful, right? Blessed are the merciful in verse seven, for they shall obtain mercy. Right. Once again, the Pharisees showed no mercy. Right. They, they were the scribes, showed no mercies. Right. They took Jesus out. We saw the cliff where they were ready to throw him off the cliff. Right. They, these were people that were not merciful. And Jesus says, you must show mercy. You must be a people that. And we understand Proverbs talks about by truth and mercy and iniquity is purged. Right. And, and, and so we see Jesus is, uh, is, is preaching to them and sharing with them. What he expects and a pattern and a model that he requires from them. He goes on to verse number six and talks about blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, while we were there, I shared this funny, uh, just a, something that was cute. While we were there, everywhere, every day we got up, we would tell Tucker and Sterling, you know, we're going to see where Jesus did this. Or we're going to see where Jesus did that. And uh, so everywhere we went, Jesus, I mean, Tucker was expecting to see Jesus. You know, and every day, he's, where's Jesus at? You know, Daddy, where's Jesus at? And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I, you know, I, in heaven, you know, I'm trying to explain to him, he's not, you're not going to see Jesus. And, uh, and uh, then we got to this verse. We're up there on the mountain, we're reading through it, and it says, Blessed are the poor, there I'm sorry, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Right? And, and I began thinking about that word pure, about being clean, about being innocent, right? That innocent, childlike faith, that innocence of, of being clean and pure. And God says, Hey, when you're clean and you're pure, and I'm all you have. That's when you get to see me. 
Right. When, when, but when you when you put other things in my place and right, we, we understand what God says, he says, love not the world. Right. So we know I can't love God and this world. Right. Uh, he says, love the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. He says you can't serve two masters because you either have to love the one and hate the other. Right. And if we want to have a pureness and we want to be able to see God, we've got to make sure he's our true love. Right. That first love in our life, that one that it's only him and it's only him that I love. And and and, and we, we got to understand that that's what he was teaching them and trying to get to them to understand. He goes on to talk about them peacemakers. Right. And not, not being people that call strife, but being peacemakers for they shall be the called the children of God. And then he goes on to talk about they which are persecuted. He said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So my, my message is simple tonight and I'm done. You know, sometimes I think we can get become like a Pharisee. Right now I've heard different preachers preach on it, right? Don't be like a Pharisee, right? Don't, don't be hypocritical. Don't, 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 don't be like these, these scribes and Pharisees because they, yeah, they were the ones that put Jesus on the cross, right? They were the ones. And, and I think sometimes we can get complacent and we can find ourselves doing, you know, good. We can find ourselves doing uh, and, and making ourselves, well, well, I do this and I do that. And, and sometimes we get so busy doing so many things. That we, we don't remember what the, the main reason and, and we, we take our eyes off the fact that I have my true love is, is owed to Jesus Christ. And I've got to get up every day and, and I've got to realize I must die to self every day. And I've got to get up every day and realize it's not about me. It's not about who I am today. It's all about him. And if there was one thing I took away from the trip, it was truly that. Sometimes we get so wrapped up into the four walls inside of this building here and we don't realize that there's, there's places and there's, there's churches all around the world that are meeting tonight and met today. And, and there's pe- people all around the world that have a sincere, pure heart towards God. And we have got to reach more people. And, you know, while we were there, you know, I tell people our bus driver was an Arab Muslim, right? And our tour guide was a, was a Messianic believer, you know, Jew. And, uh, you know, and, and while we were there, we got to show the love of Christ and, and, and the, our bus driver, we got to show him love and, and uh, he got to hear the message over and over. You know, he's sitting there driving the bus and he can't do it. He can't escape it. Right. And we're up there reading passages. We had devotions on the bus every day and we're just like, you know, preach it, you know, because I, I want this guy to understand. How can you go and tour all these places and uh, not realize that Jesus is the savior? And my prayer is that that man would one day come to know Christ. Amen. And his name was Joseph. And uh, but anyways, uh, uh, an incredible, incredible trip. And my challenge to us tonight is let's not be like the Pharisees. Right. That's why Jesus made this. He had this message. That's why he taught them this, because they we so often can find ourselves doing things that are, are good. You know, the, the, the Pharisees were trying to keep the law. They were trying to do this is that and this is that, you know, the, the these and the hows and all that stuff. But their heart was not where it needed to be. And uh, ministry and the and church work is all about people, right? And when we're killing them and we're stoning them, we're not doing very much of uh, loving people, right? And uh, so my message is simple, and that, that's what the thought I want us all to walk away with tonight. So let's bow our head and close our eyes, and uh, we'll be finished tonight. We'll have a time of invitation, and, and uh, maybe something tonight, maybe a picture you saw, or yay, perhaps a, a thought throughout scriptures tonight is, uh, is something that would encourage us to come down and spend time on our new knees and, and to talk to the Lord this, this evening. Heavenly Father, I sure do love you. I thank you for this time. Thank you for, Lord, your, the, the place called Israel. And, uh, Father, thank you for your people. And, uh, Lord, uh, uh, while I was over there, I thought of that verse, Lord, that you came to your own and your own received you not. But you said as many as received you that, Lord, you'll give us power to become the sons of God. And, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be called the sons 
of God tonight. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for what you've done in my life. And Father, I ask that, Lord, you would forgive me. Lord, at times where I judge somebody, or Lord, at times we, we get hypocritical and we do things that, Lord, uh, for the wrong reasons. And Lord, may tonight, as we see your example and your model laid out for us, Lord, that it's not about, Lord, the, the outside as much as it's about the inside and the heart of man. And Lord, I ask that you'd speak to us in a special way. Thank you for all that you've done and bless the rest of this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, maybe you need to.